0: You're listening to The Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Our guest today is Renata ledecky brown Vice President of Human Resources at Bank of America. Renata is a master coach, motivational speaker, and humanitarian who's committed to guiding people and organizations into their highest potential. Her passion lies in supporting people out of suffering and limitation and into fulfillment. Her superpowers of intuition, no nonsense, and empathy help people break through challenges that at one time seemed insurmountable. Bottom line, she helps people get over it and on with it, but with love. In this episode of Scaling Culture, Ron and Renata discuss diversity and inclusion, Bank of America's systems and practices around helping employees reveal their sexual preference, building a place where all can feel comfortable sharing how they self-identify, and celebrating differences. And then they also talk about coaching pre- and post-COVID and the power of dealing with the individual as a whole, including their mental and emotional wellness.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Scaling Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lovett, and today with us is Renata Ledecky-Bram. Renata, welcome.
2: Good morning, Ron. Happy to be here.
1: I, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see you. We had a, a quick chat uh, probably a few months ago lining up to this, and I had so much energy from that conversation, and I was so excited about the topics that we're going to discuss today. And especially, you know, I always say I am I get I get really excited too when someone like yourself, who's you know vice president of human resources at Bank of America, so you know big job for big corp, worries about things and, and is purposeful about things that are really important. Because sometimes I think um, that we we believe that only small companies are getting in front of these things, and I think uh, as we're going to discuss today, big corporations are looking at them and finding out the right ways to build great businesses. So I'm I'm, I'm pumped
2: yes I am too absolutely thanks for the invite
1: so so first Renata I would just want to go back to your history when I mean, we've done an intro and but you've worked for some other big corps and you've been you know in HR and coaching for quite some time what was your aha moment when when what was the did you, did you flip over? Did you have a bad experience with, with, a, with a, you know, somebody you reported to that said, there's a different way to do this from the old way of HR to what I'll call um, you know, a progressive approach?
2: So um, through my career in human resources, which by now it's over 12 years, um, I really felt I, I kept on getting closer to understanding that number one, people don't leave uh, jobs, they leave managers. And so with that in mind, I kept on getting closer to understanding why do employees leave? And the the realization of how poorly sometimes managers are trained or the lack of resources that they are provided with really played a part in employees' dissatisfaction, not sticking around and only coming to work to give the bare minimum. Prior to starting with Bank of America, I worked for a private hedge fund organization, great organization. But what I noticed is that they did not have enough funds and division and resources to actually provide real tangible training to their managers so that they could actually um, provide their employees with everything they needed. And um, that, is my, that is when I had the aha moment. I was also in charge of doing exit interview. So when you were doing an exit interview, the employee tends to be so honest. They have nothing to lose. And that is where they spill everything they were unhappy with. And um, I'd say seven out of 10 times, it had to do with being poorly trained, not being motivated, not being cared for, not being challenged. At that point, um, I decided to become a coach. And really in a very um, organic way, I ended up coming to Bank of America to be a, um, a manager excellence consultant slash coach. And um, it it was honestly a too good to be true um, role. When I first heard about it, I said, really? How can an organization as huge as Bank of America have the vision to invest in mid-level and executive level managers for the sole purpose of providing them with tools needed to better manage the business and obviously meet the enterprise's priorities. So that was so, the aha moment.
1: So, so interesting because, you know, a lot of the topics today are going to be around diversity, inclusion, which is a hot topic. But before we go there, what did that look like when you came into coach? Like, was it like, hey, just start meeting people and see where their blind spots are? What did, what did that look like?
2: I was, well, I am given, um, I was given a few territories, which happened to be in Florida and, um, and I connect with uh, three different levels um, of managers from a regional executive to what you would call just mid-level. And um, it really, you are almost a doctor um, that is there to figure out what the problem is, what the illness is. And truly as prescribing a, a solution and um, it is definitely a multi-layered task. You, you don't speak to a manager and automatically are able to analyze and um, prescribe a solution. You have to deep dive the majority of the times. And um, I'm a big believer that if, you're, if there is something missing in your personal life or something is not going well in your inner environment, it will have a complete reflection on your work performance um, and on who you are as a person and the way you view the environment outside. So it's, um, I'm, I'm a therapist, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a doctor, I'm a heart healer. And of course, um, I have the enterprise's priorities at the forefront of my mission always, which is responsible growth.
1: I love that. You know, we were, we just had, as I mentioned before we started, we just had our, our, our corporate retreat. We do two days every quarter and we were talking about the coaching and in the book, um, which is coming out, scaling culture through that process, I actually came to the realization that I wasn't a good coach. I kind of thought, and, and that I actually didn't know what coaching was, you know, and Maddie and I had many debates. She kind of said, "No, no, you're a great coach." I said, "No." Now that I, and I read Greg Thompson's book, um, Master Coach, and that book—have you heard of the book?
2: Um, I've not.
1: You'll love it. It's it's it's. I mean, I loved it, and it was the first time that I truly understood what a coach was. And then. Now I've I since then I've categorized what I do as surface level coaching, not deep coaching. That's what you're talking about, getting really deep with someone to to make a big shift within them, you know. And my my, my coaching style, I move fast, you know, it was more more of I'll call it motivator, advisor, you know. Quick coaching, um, and so what we decided to do was was similar to sounds of like what Bank America did. We hired an external coach that uh, coaches our, our team. They go, they, they everybody has one hour a month with them to do deep coaching. And wow, uh, I think that it's played a significant role so far. And and uh, because at first glance, I just thought, well, someone in the organization should be good at coaching, and they'll take that on. I don't think that's realistic anymore. I think having an expert come in that can help. And it sounds like that's what Bank of America did with you.
2: Absolutely. Um, Coaches are now being utilized by organizations and people and individuals more than ever. Uh, Coaches are also even sometimes replacing therapists because we provide a more innovative in the present approach than a talk to me about your childhood. What are your traumas? and you couldn't be, you, you really hit the nail on the head. Um, some organizations expect managers or someone from human resources to know how to coach and identify the root cause of an issue and be able to break down obstacles to provide real tangible solutions, breaking them down into bite-sized pieces and provide that encouragement, that passion, the motivation. But um, I will say it's it's that is not the case um, unless more organizations such as Bank of America um, come up, realize, and have the vision. Then organizations will continue to suffer by not providing key employees with the resources they need. I Again, I will say it and say it again. Employees do not leave jobs. They leave managers, cultures, and the vibe that you get from the job.
1: Yeah, so, teams, right? If you're saying cultures, teams. I, I Even if I like my manager, but my team is a bunch of passive-aggressive folks, I'm out of here, right?
2: Exactly. Even in sales, um, like just even um, your sales team, for example, if there's an organization that specializes in selling any product, You can hire an external coach to help each salesperson um, get rid of those self-limiting beliefs and really be limitless. And that is what I, as a coach, do. Yeah, you know,
1: and the other thing, the other perspective too. And I always um, compare corporations and companies to sports teams. And you know, if we want to build high-performing organizations if you go back to sports, you'd never be a high performer without a coach ever. Like it's not going to happen. You'll never win. That would be one in a billion uh, versus someone who can coach you to find the best techniques, the best way for you to, to be the best version of yourself, best, best athlete. We need to do the same in the workplace. If we are looking for high performance and that, especially if that's the expectation, then support and deliver and, and connect people and support them through that expectation.
2: Absolutely. Athletes have coaches. The presidents of countries have coaches. And um, sometimes coaches have their own coaches like me.
1: Absolutely. Right. Right. Well, well that's great. Well, look, thanks for that. And, and I want to go to now um, let's chat about diversity inclusion. Huge yes. hot topic now. But before we begin, I want to know why is that so near and dear to your heart?
2: Well, I Number one, I, am, um, I fall into a few diversity categories. I am Hispanic, um, I am a woman, and um, I believe that our differences can make us stronger. And sometimes diverse, diverse groups are not given equal opportunity. And diversity is so much more than what many people think. It's not just the color of your skin. It's not just race. It is your national origin. It's your religion. It's your gender. It's your sexual orientation, disabilities, um, veteran status, and gender identification and expression, which is something that you and I were discussing the first time we were on the phone. and. It was very important for me to be a part of an organization. That is why I'm so proud to work for Bank of America that took diversity and inclusion to the next level. As you mentioned, you think that smaller organizations would be the ones to really care. It might be the case, but our differences make us stronger. When you are interested in really having um, responsible growth and fulfill a purpose. It is the diversity of employees that makes us stronger. It is really essential to the ability that we have to serve the clients. But in order for us to provide top-notch service to our clients, I believe that it starts with the diversity of our employees and understanding that it strengthens us in so many different ways because it allows us to really provide a broad perspective. It's about being fluid, it's about not being narrow-minded. And I see it in my role all the time, the different perspectives and opinions that people from different countries, nationalities, genders, um, age, a millennial versus a baby boomer, and of course, Um, how beautiful it is to be able to be a um, gay or a lesbian or a transgender and be able to bring your whole self to work. I'm a huge advocate for that. And, um, and that is why I am so passionate.
1: Yeah, I I love that. And, you know, I I do want to walk my previous statement back. I actually it's not that I think that big corps don't care about it. I think that they're it's tougher to execute. And it's so sorry if I said that they they may, maybe weren't as focused. I just think it, I'm I'm impressed when I hear a big corporation executing very quickly on, especially where there's so many layers, so many employees. It's harder to move, and so I love um, some of the strategies we're going to talk about today. But but I, before that too, I this came up on a previous podcast, which um, which was a bit of a light bulb moment for me, and I'm curious your thoughts on this which is that diversity and inclusion are not one statement, they're two. And that I think some people confuse diversity and inclusion. They think that diversity equals inclusion, but it doesn't. What do you think?
2: It definitely, um, it's definitely two, two separate um, things. Diversity are your differences. Again, gender, culture, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or um, disabilities. Inclusion is whether you are able to be included in key strategies or decisions that will move an organization forward by being able to bring your whole self and being yourself and being included diversity is who you are being inclusion is you being included for being who you are
1: yeah that, that's interesting and I think that's a, a very important distinction right and, and obviously yes. with inclusivity there's this safety do I feel safe to talk do I feel comfortable to have conversation and, and to be my authentic self that's got to be a big part of it
2: it is such a big part of it um, and again in the years that I've been in human resources for over a decade, employees do not feel safe to be who they are, to speak from their heart, to allow their personal experiences, to dictate a statement or an opinion. And um, that is something that has to change because We are not in, we're no longer in those days where a manager led by instilling fear or a threat and people were so afraid to lose their jobs that they could not speak up, especially when it comes to Gen X and millennials, they don't want to be managed that way. They are more courageous. They are definitely more feeling, they have a sense of they know what they, are, they deserve and they are entitled to receive. And I see it all the time when I am managing and coaching millennials, they care very mo- much about this holistic approach. They'll even tell you how they want to be managed via Skype, um, via um, email. Sometimes the face-to-face is getting a little bit lost and it is up to an organization to respect the way they want to be led and managed to really almost like extract the best of them.
1: Hmm, very, very interesting.
2: It's and, so interesting.
1: Yeah, And, and look, this, this was um, kind of blew me away. Uh, last time we had a discussion when you said that, you know, the bank of America, you know, has, uh, you know, they really support employees in revealing sexual preferences and, 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 you know, maybe it's a process or a system and and, and how how do you get people comfortable in sharing how they self identify? Can you talk to us about that?
2: So let me tell you um, something. And this is a this is super. um, It's a moment. It's something that I take a lot of pride in. Bank of America was actually the first financial institution to offer comprehensive domestic partner benefits. We have an LGBT and pride roots that literally go back to the 1980s. And um, we were the first ones to actually establish a po- an HR policy for AIDS in the workplace. Um, we also have a dedicated team that is, um, it's called LES, which stands for Life Event Services. This provides a level of support that is specialized for any anyone, any teammate that is going through any major life event, including gender transition. It's something I've never even heard of. It's, it's going above and beyond. We have a specialized team of fellow um, lesbian or gay or transgender teammates that they you call, they pick up the phone, and they advise you on how to help you be loud and proud and come out of the closet at work and even to your family. I mean, wow. that is taking it to the next level. That, that is a level of support and inclusion and love for diversity that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. you you don't get that even if even if you didn't work for Bank of America and you were a man or a woman who did not know how to navigate towards um, through the transition you couldn't go on the internet and google how to or get someone to help you and we provide this service for free I, I love that. that- a blessing and it's something that I am so proud of to be able to walk into work and be able to sit well not right now because it's a pandemic but be able to surround myself by employees who are proud of who they are who are able to as you mentioned be authentic and bring their whole selves to work and on top of that have that support how many people we know that are unable to come out um, to reveal their um, real interest or their identity when it comes to their uh, sexual preference. And they suffer mentally and emotionally for years, for decades. And God forbid they were ever to bring their whole selves to work.
1: Look, I I love that. And I agree. It's got to be a proud moment. The other thing that I think about is, and that makes me proud as we're talking uh, as far as the approach here, is this isn't a policy approach. It's not like, okay, Bank of America said, here's how you're going to, uh, here's how we're going to navigate you through self-identification. It's we have experts and they're going to help you with a compassionate approach.
2: Exactly, exactly. And another thing which I am a part of, of course, I'm part of the LGBT community and I'm an ally and to become an ally, you have to take some training to so that you can become more knowledgeable about differences, about what it entails to um, have a different sexual preference, to be transgender. I even have it on my signature, and every email that goes out, it lets anyone that meets me know that I am an ally, and what it means is I accept you, I celebrate your differences and it is okay to speak with me and feel safe. Oh, and that is something that you choose, but of course I do it because to me it's just the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I love that. But you know, you talked about you know, this approach and being, you know, this is this is over and above what, what I've certainly heard and it sounds like when you heard about it was a problem for you. But It doesn't stop there. Bank of America, from our previous conversation, really celebrates. We don't just allow people's differences to be here. We celebrate it. And what does that look like?
0: So
2: in terms of celebrating them, we, in the, in the way that we go above and beyond, for example, with the, um, let's talk, let's, let's take um, Black and African Americans, for example, and all of the um, social injustice that we're all aware of and we've, and we've experienced recently. Bank of America goes so above and beyond when it comes to the support for um, those communities that we, we, do, we have courageous conversations on a regular basis. We provide extensive training on um, race, we, we are not staying quiet. That is not our job. And our CEO, Brian Moynihan, who is someone that I, that I'm just so proud, um, to work for will say, we will not stay quiet. It does not stop here. And it is amazing to see the huge quantity of initiatives, including courageous conversations, special events. We are not allowing people to forget what black and the african communities have been through it is not because we don't want to move forward it is because it is through when you think about racism in my opinion it is a it is because of sometimes because of a lack of knowledge and ignorance so we've made it a point to educate people by having again courageous conversations where you invite people from different nationalities, different ethnic backgrounds. And they speak, they talk to other employees from different races about their experience, their struggle. And I believe that when you're able to hear about those experiences and you know what they've been through, you know what it's like to be an African-American in this country, Hispanic, Asian, etc. cetera, um, you develop knowledge you develop empathy, and I believe that there's a quote by Maya Angelou: "When you know better, you do better." We we have a huge recruiting team, and they spe- and there are different areas within recruitment that specialize in going into um, community housing recruitment at colleges that. Are focused on hiring minorities. Focused on hiring employee um, candidates that are disabled. That is another. That is that is another aspect that I am so proud of. Aside from the gender and identification and um, your age and and um, it is disabled employees. I believe that this is a group of people that really get nothing. So many times they get blatantly and openly passed up. I mean, think about it. You, you, you think about shelters and unemployment and you take a look at the statistics and they are not given a chance. Bank of America has staff te- teammates that are dedicated to hiring employees with disabilities We pair up with external, national, and local community-based disability organizations to get the referrals um, and create a pipeline of employees with disabilities. We provide accommodations that I have never seen before, restructuring jobs, creating jobs for them, modifying workplace policies, um, equipment, um, devices, different communication formats, um, offering like leave of absence. I'll tell you, um, two years ago, right before I started working for Bank of America, I fractured five bones um, in, on my left foot. I went through extensive rehab, crutches, soft cast, scooter, you name wow. it. So when I started working, Um, I showed up in crutches and a cast and to see them go above and beyond, to change my desk, to get me something to elevate my leg, um, change my hours of employment. um, They, they, they got me parking right away. I bypassed a list of like 200 people. Um, They, they even changed my desk so that I can go through a ramp so that my scooter can actually, um, you know, so that I can fly around the office. So that is, again, it is going above and beyond. This is not just, let me just meet the minimum requirements so that um, labor laws don't come after me. This is a real love for Mm. diversity and inclusion and humanity.
1: I, I, I love that. Now, in this case, I know what I would have done if I was, if I were in your shoes and I got that type of treatment, I probably would have faked my injuries for another 12 months. Did you do that based on such great treatment?
2: (laughs) Well, um, actually, so no, I did not fake my uh, (laughs)
1: injuries. I would have kept faking. I would still be coming to work with the bypass a line, all that treatment, I would still be like, no, it's still sore. It's still sore. <laughs> well,
2: you know, um, then COVID-19 hit. Right. So, um, I'm, I'm still recovering and I'm, and I'm now recovering at my, my home, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it, it the, the oh, you're still
1: going through uh, it. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was mm. a, it was a very, very, I did it kickboxing, five bones, Fractured. Um, two years later, I'm still mm. going through uh, MRIs and recovery. But I guess that's what happens when you want to be a ninja, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm going to remind my daughter that don't be a ninja. Talk to Renata. That's not a good yes. career.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, stay till, stick to coaching. No ninja moves.
1: That's right. Well, well, look, Renata. One, I hope your healing goes well, and and Thank that you, you get back to ninja state at some point. Yes. Uh, but Everything that you're talking about is the opposite of the brush that some big corps get painted with, which is that everybody's a number. You know, Bank of America is going the other way. They're saying no, no, no. Everyone's a whole individual, and it's not just about performing here. It's about the whole individual—your mental, physical, you know, state. How do how do how do big corps make that shift? That's a huge shift. What's you a journey understand? look like? You know, because some are still there. Some are still treating employees like numbers.
2: Well, you have to have the aha moment. And you need to understand that if you want to be successful, you have to treat your employees well. Then you need to define and identify what does an employee's wellness Look like. And it encompasses physical, mental, and emotional wellness. And as an employer, if you're smart and you want to keep employees happy, engaged, and reach excellence, you will provide them with the resources that they need so that you can ensure they are feeling well psychologically and emotionally, and that entails giving them resources. We, we partner with Thrive Global. We have hundreds of different classes, free resources. Our benefits are excellent to the point to where we even provide employees with, a, with free therapy sessions, a certain number of therapy sessions for them to take advantage of. So it is, and then of course it is by hiring coaches, such as myself, hiring people that specialize in, in mental and emotional wellness. And then you get to the root cause of why they are not performing well by looking at the big picture. It's to me, it's a no brainer but I know that to some to some organizations, it's gotta be very foreign, but that's why at Bank of America, you meet people that have been there for 20, 30 years, 35 years, all the time. I'm, 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 I'm a middle-aged woman and I meet so many people that are my age that have been there for over 20 years. It was their first Job out of college, and they will not leave because of everything because they feel so supported. What companies, what organizations need to do at a big or small scale is, if you don't have the money to hire coaches um, and hire or third-party organizations like, for example, Thrive Global, among others, then send your managers through extensive training around emotional intelligence to begin with. Em- e- emotional intelligence alone is a game changer. So different from IQ. IQ- where, where do you
1: take that, round where, where does someone find emotional intelligence training?
2: Well, um, I mean, I would imagine emotional intelligence is becoming very, very popular Mm. and mainstream. If you can Google different um, organizations, you can you can like, for example, that is one of the number one courses that I give at Bank of America time and time. And I mean, I can tell you that in the two years that I've been there, I have probably gone through the emotional intelligence training maybe 50 times. So I know it left to right, you know, right to front. I mean, but you can find courses online that you can buy. Have well, no to take it.
1: but I will say my birthday is coming up April 18th. And I would take one of those. If you've recorded any of it, I would take that as an early or as on the day birthday present.
2: Well, what do I get in return? Because my birthday is May 14th. So I got one
1: it. one copy of Outrageous Empowerment. Oh been my God,
2: for. then you get one hour of emotional intelligence for free, Ron.
1: And a signed <laughs> copy of Scaling Culture.
2: <laughs> then, okay, then you get an hour. Yo, and a half.
1: This is good. <laughs> this is good. So, look. Um, I also want to talk, you mentioned coaching, Renata, what, what you know, this is a big lane for you. Where did it change pre COVID post, or, or, you know, we're, we're moving hopefully towards post COVID. What, 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 how has your coaching changed with individuals?
2: Well, I can tell you that, um, pre COVID, it was more about the regular challenges. Let's take work for example, declining performance, um, not having a sense of accountability, time management, identifying obstacles, coming up with routines and ways to pair the right person to the right job, which we know how important that is to live a life of purpose. Post-COVID-19, I find myself doing so much more psychological and emotional coaching mindset, wellness, um, and life coaching because the deterioration of humanity's mental and emotional state is so clear to see.
1: It's fast tracked.
2: Um, it, oh my gosh. I mean, it's, I mean, think about it right now. Think about the, the world that we live in, um, February, 2020, When COVID-19 spread across the planet, China, Italy, US, state by state, and then the rest of the world, what did that do? Um, it, It is a new colored world that we live in, and it's colored by social distance, seclusion, and hand sanitizer. Um, it is a shock and fear that is permeating families and businesses. Homes have been transformed into offices. Parents are now teachers, IT experts. When it comes to Zoom, it is that to me is the main one of the main. Um, it's it's just detrimental. It, it, the is, impacts, it is an yeah. aftershock. It, I see it all the time. Um, suicide rates are up, domestic violence, children violence, alcohol sales are up by 400%. So as you can imagine, when I am speaking to clients or employees, we are. I am not so focused on your performance is suffering, you need to get it to where you need to get it to or else. It is now about starting the conversation with how are you doing?
1: How are you doing? Right.
2: How is your mental state? Where are you? How, how strong do you feel? Are you breaking down? Where are you in terms of resiliency? And the truth is, as human beings, we all fight a silent battle pre and post. But what I notice is that many of our employees are not doing okay, despite the fact that we're providing them with all of the resources. So now coaching is about active listening and a lot of empathy, a lot. And empathy is one of the main components of emotional intelligence. And Ron, empathy is something that you are either born with or you need to learn. And when I coach my managers around how to handle the workforce is are you actively listening? Not just to hear them, but listen to them. Are you asking them, how are you? How is your family? How are your children? Are you doing wellness checkups to really find out because that could also be the only thing an employee needs to be okay, to be listened to, and it can actually prevent um, devastation because you are providing them with the care, you are gearing them towards the resources that they need, and, um, and you are finding ways to meet them where they are. And that to me is just so very important. It's just going back to, honestly, basics. How are you doing personally, professionally? You start with a conversation that revolves around health, family, stress. And, um, and of course, I will also tell you, this is me, my style. Aside from being empathetic, and understanding um, and empathizing with their state of mind. I quickly try to move from problem to solution and moving from survival mode to growth. Why? Because COVID-19 has come with a lot of silver linings, in my opinion. What has it taught us? How to be fluid, flexible, Deal with sudden change. The only guarantee in life is sudden change. How to be more resilient. How to be a problem solver. How to make lemonade with maybe the few lemons that you have. Those are skills that you will be able to use in your personal and professional life. And if you take advantage of those you will take them, run with them, teach them to your kids, to your significant other, to anyone you come in contact with. And above all, a greater sense of gratitude because yeah, we understand, go, go, go ahead.
1: No, I was, I, look, I couldn't agree more. I think that you're spot on. I was going to add at the end of that, understanding and compassion. You are you're, you're just up that. You said gratitude. So thank you. That was great.
2: Gratitude, um, it is, we, we throw the word gratitude um, like it was nothing. But do we really understand the meaning of gratitude? Do we you know? I hate it when people say we're all on the same boat. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're not. We still have jobs. We are not sick. We woke up today to see a new day. I am blessed, Ron, to be, to have been alive today to be part of your podcast so i now take my life much more seriously because i understand now more than ever that life is fleeting life is a gift i didn't have to wake up every morning so in my coaching i give a lot of tough love it is great feel sorry for yourself get the assistance that you need get it i Feel for you, my heart goes out to you, but now let's go, let's get it. Come on, find the hero within you, use this time to reflect, to take time, to deep dive into what life do I want? Like we were saying in the beginning, there's no time to waste, life is in session. And that is something that COVID-19, has taught me even about my own life and how I want to live it.
1: I love it. I feel like that's a big mic drop, right? That is drop Renata, the mic. Drop the mic. I don't know, I it would. It would ruin the show. But I'll drop my pen. Um, I'm
2: gonna drop my pen thank too. Thank you.
1: That was awesome, <laughs> Renata. I think uh, first, I just want to thank you. Even this was so educational for me. Um, I was taking notes throughout their stuff. You know, I'm, I was just complaining that we're I'm slowing the book down. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness, we need to tag you and put some of these things in the book, I think are critical points. So you made it in the book, my friend, this is great. Yeah, I am
2: here for you, my friend I love Any it. Help that you need. Um, please, it's been an honor. Um, yeah. And yeah, I am and- here for you.
1: Yeah, look, and I'm really excited uh, even about when we push this episode out, because I think this could be one of, if not the most impactful episode we've had, having you on and with this message. So continue to share it. It's great. It was educational for me. I'm sure the listeners are just going to soak this up. Uh, Lots of great stuff. Renata, thank you again. It's been a pleasure to see you again, and we're going to keep in touch.
2: Ron, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a great experience and hopefully it's not the last time.
1: Absolutely.
0: For more information about Renata, please connect with her on LinkedIn. For more information about the Scaling Culture podcast or our upcoming book or masterclass, Scaling Culture, go to connollyowens.com and if you're enjoying the scale and culture podcast please subscribe and share with your network we'll be back next week with another incredible guest